Um, I, I haven't got to play like an actual game. I've, I've actually not, I've never got to play a game in general because the games that I've been there were the fourth preseason games. Um, so I, I wasn't playing in the games, and so I'm extremely excited for it. Um, I mean, I've watched it my whole entire life, um, and I know it's going to be a hostile environment, and the fans are going to be loud. It's going to be a lot like Arrowhead is to a, a, other teams, like you're saying. Um, but I'm excited. If you, if you love football, you, you love Lambeau Field, and I'm excited to get the opportunity to play there. All right, boys, the Chiefs are back. They're back, baby. Chiefs are back, baby. <laughs> Got away from that little uh, that little mess up there against the Eagles, and the, uh, they're back. <laughs> Number one seed, kind of. Guess the Ravens have it. But anyway, they're back. Big they're on by. They're on by. Chiefs will have it by Monday. Oh, they will. Yeah, down 14 nothing. And who cares? They're back, baby. I know you're a believer. I know hell I'm I'm back, baby. I ain't gonna lie to you, fellas. And I I do now know. Um I, I don't know if I can watch a game actually with BK. Um I think <laughs> I've noticed this, I've noticed this for now going on our third season. That the ebbs and flows of BK in game <laughs> are <laughs> This is he 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 is a fellow that will have if, if if he was a college basketball or an NBA coach would blown through his six <laughs> his six timeouts before the second half. BK and I believe I quote Serta, this team's broken at fourteen to nothing. I as, mean, as Jacobs crosses the line. And I, of course, had to be the voice of reason. And I just said, they're not broken. They just need to wake up. (laughs) Right? And and they did. But what I love about BK is he rolls through it, though. Non-acknowledgement. He's past the (laughs) they're broken thing. And continued, as soon as this game got tight again, continued to go like he'd never said anything. Like he'd never just quit. Just kept going. And and in all fairness to Brandon Kylie. That was the worst first quarter of football they have played all year long. Like that was oh, that man. was rock bottom. That first I don't quarter know if it's the worst quarter. O'Connell in the Raiders. Ron, they had the three plays on the first drive, including their first play that went for negative eleven yards. Their second drive was four plays and thirteen yards, and then the first quarter was over. <laughs> like that and was the entire been down twenty-one to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and in between, they allowed a touchdown drive of seventy-five yards, a missed field goal, which totally altered the course of the game. They should not have kicked that field goal. They should have gone for it on fourth. Well, the, Carlson's got to make a thirty-yarder, but sure, uh, of yeah. course, agreed. But they should have gone yeah. for it. Ball, don't lie. That was them having bad karma oh, for a terrible decision. And okay. then the next drive, a seventy-seven-yard touchdown for them. I'm Ball, sitting don't over lie. Here like, yo, this team is broken. Like they're going against the Raiders. This is one of the worst teams in the NFL. They don't have very much talent. They have a terrible quarterback. They have a defensive end that I think is amazing, and he's playing on one leg. Like, how is this happening? I don't understand any of it. And then they went out and reminded all of us. See, I was more – see, I I have been places where I I am sounding the alarms. I believe you were there in Vegas. I I was not. I was was more just really annoyed that they came out that way. That's what I was. I was annoyed. I mean, Mahomes is – take – 
on the second and 20. Hey, man, just take those yards, man. Let's get this Let's get this third down manageable, manageable on that first drive. And then he elects to throw some kind of ball over the head of Travis Kelsey, which I still don't know. I still don't know what the hell that was. I'm just like, like, these guys are flat. These guys are coming out like, and I'm just, I was annoyed. And I, I knew they would get it back together. And I knew maybe the 14 nothing. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I did. No, you did. You're a liar. I did. I was. I did. That's why I sent the message back because it was because it was the Raiders. It it was only because it was the Raiders. Uh, Listen, BK. I was. I was. Yeah, that's another thing. They weren't playing the Eagles or the Niners. Like it was the Raiders, and it was just more. It was annoying. We you just didn't see like even the defense. Like I, I believe the I knew the defense was going to be fine. That I was not worried about the defense at all. I was are, panicking officially on the offense. Fourteen points. You thought, exactly. well, I don't know this Chiefs, this Chiefs <laughs> offense to score fourteen points. Oh, I was like, oh, thank God they missed that field goal because if they got to seventeen, this game might be over, dude. <laughs> no, I, listen, and, and let's just be honest. I mean, look, I was not. I would like I said, I, I, it was so early in the game. You know, I didn't. I, I didn't have alarms. Like, boy, they're in trouble. I, I didn't have that. I like I said, it was more of a just a flat annoyance uh, for me. But it was a it was a moment though. Fourteen to nothing, right? You 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 had the game that you had last week, and you had to hear all about the receivers. Then you have injuries, as is I think you've said multiple times on this podcast. I think both of you that. Jarek McKinnon was probably the second most trusted guy for Patrick Mahomes. Well, he's up out of there. McCole Hardman, he's up out of there. He's on IR. Kadarius Toney, who actually had some positive things those last two games against the Dolphins and against um, and against the Eagles when he's got a chance to touch the ball, he's up out of there. So you knew MVS was going to be forced to having to play before the game started a lot. Justin Watson was going to be forced to having to play. Uh, a lot before the game started and it's 14 to nothing and it felt like it could go either like this thing's about to get out of hand are they going to lose like they lost to the titans a couple of years ago or are they going to turn this thing around and and jump back up and it was there and then they completely just absolutely waxed the raiders after that point so it, it would it could have gone either way do you think it's a turning point though like you're you're right it could have gone either way and it ended up working out well for them in that individual game. Do you feel, Ron, today, like we can just trust that to be the Chiefs offense for the rest of the way, though? Because the, the defenses you're going up against, hey, man, this ain't a great slate of the defenses the rest of the way. Buffalo's terrible defensively. The Patriots aren't what they have been in previous years, and their offense certainly doesn't help them. they got the Raiders again. The Bengals' defense is not as good this year as it has been in recent seasons. And then we know the Chargers – that defense is not what it has been either. So you've got some teams you should be able to handle offensively the rest of the way. Are you believing it, though? Like, Do you actually think this is real? Today, hell no. I don't believe this offense yet. <laughs> no, nah, dog, you got to do more. You got to do more than one week. No, nah, man, they didn't, they didn't go. I mean, I'm glad they I'm glad they decided to score in the second half this week. Uh, that, that was nice. That was nice to see to put up 17 points in the second half, but no, I need more than this, but I think, I think record rise is going to, it's going to look like a turning point because I I think they may run the table like the rest of the way with the, with what they have. This, this schedule has all of a sudden turned completely different than you thought it would when you see where the bills are and you see there's no burrow and, 
and how these teams are faring. It looks like they can run through this puppy. The Chargers are worse uh, than maybe we even thought they would be. But, no, I need to see more. I think it's a good stepping stone. I think the part that is big, Serta, is, one, this was a game in which they were able to get Kelsey involved. This is a game where they were able to get Pacheco involved. And then the emergence in not just a little way, but a major way, leading the team in targets, leading the team in catches, leading the team in yards in Rasheed Rice. Like we've we've been hearing fellas them say, oh, Rasheed Rice may be the next guy, but he ain't really had a game like it. This was a game like it. So I think I think that is something that gives you some promise. But I'm not I'm not one to sit here and say it that I trust that Rasheed Rice is gonna be uh is gonna be consistent because he shouldn't have dropped the ball as well out there too so i we'll see what happens but that was a big sign of progress i don't know why you got to bring up the drop he was the first chief's 100 yard wide receiver <laughs> in this season um no talented wide receiver on the team no, Jack, eight, eight of his 10 not, targets and ron's over here like yo you remember that drop he had though I'm just talking about a place of consistency. I have not been mentioning the drops very much all season. <laughs> and I mentioned the drop yesterday. Oh, no, now we can't talk about it. Can't talk no. about the drop. That's all That's all Chiefs fans want to talk about. Yeah, it's I'm fine. just talking about his consistency. Listen, it's, it's not fine. He's, he's going to drop some passes every now and then. It's fine. I I was ever, I was ever like BK. I was ever totally stressed about this game because at the end of the day, it's Aiden O'Connell. And like, to his credit, Aiden O'Connell looked awesome on that first touchdown drive. Like he was putting it in tight spots. Like everything was really quick. He was getting it out to try to uh, avoid the Chiefs from getting after him uh, with the pass rush. Like it was a good game plan by the Raiders. But at the end of the day, it, it's the Raiders. And Antonio Pierce has done a great job since taking over as head coach. But like they're the Raiders. They're not a particularly talented team. They're not a team that you actually think is like a, a viable playoff contender. So. I don't think that this is a, a turning point, but I do agree with Ron that it's like a stepping stone where I, I don't, I, I'm not ready to believe in the chiefs offense totally yet because we have such a larger sample size of them struggling and, and, and having issues putting it all together. But this was a stepping stone because they didn't have a choice, but to use the personnel that they used in that game which is the personnel that we've all been saying for weeks. Like that's clearly your best offensive personnel. Why don't you do more of that? And so I'm hoping that they did enough of that uh, against the Raiders. That it is a turning point in a sense for them to lean into that for the chiefs, for Andy Reed, for the offensive staff to lean into those guys and say, okay, they showed us enough at this point in the season. We're willing to commit to them. And it's not just a product of them being shorthanded in the wide receiver room last week, because that's what's going to devastate me. If <laughs> if those guys get healthy and we go back to McCole Hardman getting 25% of the snaps and MVS playing 65% of the snaps, and it's just like a seven-man rotation again, that's not what they need. That's not what's going to work. We saw what can work if you build on it on Sunday against the Raiders, and it's that personnel grouping. I did think it was really funny that last week during the week, we got all these reports that were coming out from national folks that were like, hey, the Chiefs did some self-scouting and they realized they need to change something. It's like, yeah, am I supposed to believe that they didn't do that on the bye week and now suddenly everything's going to change? Like now they had a short week coming off of the Monday night football game against the Eagles. And now it's going to be different. Now they're going to go out there and put their best foot forward. And like, 
Maybe they did. Maybe it just took them losing that game against Philadelphia coming off of a bye to realize, okay, what we were doing is just flat out not going to work the rest of the way. And we got to change things. And I think Sert is right. Like whether you look at personnel packages or specific like ways that they were going about attacking that Raiders defense, it looked different. It looked like they were using more play action. It looked like they were utilizing more of the screens. It looked like they were having Rasheed Rice as the first um, designed uh, look for Mahomes on more opportunities for him. It looked like they got Pacheco more designed plays involved in the offense. So maybe that was real and it is something that they continue to stack games upon, but man, I'm just skeptical. I saw them play really well against a bad defense in Chicago and follow, follow that up with some really bad performances in the next few weeks. I saw them play really well against a bad defense in LA and then a few bad games in a row. I have no reason to believe right now that this is going to be a start of a trend when we've seen them play well previously and it was more of a one-off than it was anything that led to anything meaningful. Yeah, man, I need like four or five games. And, and, and let me tell you. Three. Give me three and I think I'll buy in. Yeah, I know. As, as, as we said, <laughs> your ebbs and flows can go quick. You're a game away. They put up, if they put up, if they put up 38 in, in Lambeau, I mean, I think we may get you there, um, and and that's fine. I just, this this is for me, fellas. Why exactly? Why I cannot say, hey, they're back. I'm good. They're good to go. Is when I look at some of the big, like the the some of the things that really attributed to their success. I need more time to understand if that is a consistent thing that they're going to do. Like, number one, first and foremost, is they didn't turn the ball over. Now, I'll tell you what a trend is, is that they have turned the ball over about every single ball game at least once, really multiple times. Is it every game except for this it one? Was, it was Two. the first time since week five against the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, that that is – turned a, it over multiple times in the vast majority of yes, like Yes, like, like that has been a trend. Now, Doc, I, I like I – like, I need four, five ball games to see that the turnover problem is an issue uh, is not an issue because that's a big part. Because in in every one of these games, it feels like at some point they're going to turn it over to get the other team back in the game, and they didn't do that. And then the other thing is Rasheed Rice. Uh, Rasheed Rice is. We'll see how consistent this can be, whether that is through his play, or whether that is through Mahomes trusting him or whether that is Andy playing him enough snaps and putting him in the same spots, right? I think I, I think that – do we know that is going to be a level of consistency? I don't. I don't. And so those were two major things that led to them scoring over 30 points like that. And I don't know if that's, that is something that is real. But what I did love is the fact that they made a concerted effort, and I can get behind it. Maybe, maybe it's four games for me if they keep doing this. They made a concerted effort to get the ball. I know to their two guys, they know they got to get it to. And that is Kelsey, we know. And this is the first time Kelsey broke out, almost got to 100 yards, seven targets, six, and they forced it to him. Hell, they ran a trick play on purpose to make sure he gets a touch to get the ball. They ran his route. I have not seen that play action, that play action route where he comes screaming across the middle 
that they hit in that game. I've not seen that in weeks. By the way, perfect pass by Mahomes. That was one of the best passes he's made all year yes. long. That was beautiful. Yes. But uh, but that like that those are plays where he's the route. That's where they're going. He's the first the first read, and they make concerted efforts. And then Isaiah Pacheco, who is the other one we like we know we've seen these two. They were they were Super Bowl runs where those two guys. First off, we know Kelsey in his history, but Pacheco last year in the playoffs in the last in the latter part of the season showed like this is a dude that can produce. Like this is a dude that you know it's not like it's not like Rasheed Rice where we don't know if he's going to be consistent. No, he's produced in the postseason. He's produced in the Super Bowl, and they made concerted efforts to get them the ball. Seven targets, six catches from Kelsey down the field stuff where he was the read, and then Pacheco has fifteen carries to go along with five five uh five catches on five targets and it wasn't just drop-offs where he was the emergency it was screens it was where he was the where he was the only read and if they can keep doing that right we understand the receiver stuff i i still don't know if it's going to be consistent but we know those dudes can go and you got to find ways to get them the ball i love that and i can be swayed quicker that this team is back if they keep making efforts to get the ball especially in those two guys hands i think in the super bowl runs that we've seen from the chiefs a big part of why they were able to do it is because they changed their their mentality offensively and part of what led to that was a a change in becoming more physical at the line of scrimmage but more specifically with their weapons like isaiah pacheco man when he is getting going he just there's something about the way that he runs that if it doesn't rub off on you, man, you're not human. Like watching that guy run and the way that he pops up after he gets hit, that on an emotional level gets to you. Ron, you talk about how I'm emotional during the games. Nobody makes me more emotional in, an, in a positive direction than Isaiah Pacheco during these games. Because the guy just, the vibes are immaculate with him when you're watching him play football. And getting him more involved, I think, is going to be a really positive thing down the stretch. I also like that it seems. It seems as if they're starting to figure out what this offensive line does well in the running game. Again, kind of like what you're saying with the rookie wide receivers, the young guys and everything. I I don't know how consistent that can be, but I'm hopeful that that is something they can lean on the rest of the way. And then the other thing that they have found, and you mentioned it, man, Rasheed Rice is the key to this offense. We know what Kelsey's capable of. We know what Mahomes is going to do. We know Andy's going to dial stuff up once you get to the postseason. They're going to have to have one other guy that steps up. And Rasheed Rice appears to be that guy. He reminds me so much, so much of what Sammy Watkins was when he was healthy for the Chiefs that first season. They needed Sammy once they got into the postseason. They don't win that Super Bowl without him. And I think that is what Rasheed Rice can be for this team. He's going to have to have three or four huge plays in the playoffs to be able to win the Super Bowl this year. And I think we're starting to see how they can utilize him in the best possible ways. I think for the first time all season, they finally have three definitive players on offense that you say, those are the guys we need to lean into. Those are the guys we need to try to get involved in the offense. And it's different than years past because in years past, it was, you know, Kelsey Tyreek and it was just Patrick go out there and make it work with the guys that you got out there. And last year having like that veteran presence in Juju Smith Schuster made a big difference. And it helped to open everything up for everybody else to where the offense looks like it didn't even skip a beat when after they traded Tyreek Hill. But 
they don't have that this season. And I think Andy Reid has still been leaning into Patrick, go out there and be a God and save us because that's what they've been doing. And that's what we've talked about that for a few years now, where Andy kind of leans into that too much. And they were doing it with Travis and Tyreek a lot at the end where it was just, Hey, go, go make plays, just go make plays. And Mahomes is going to save the day and we're going to win football games that way. And this season's the first time in a long time. I think they really had to make some dramatic adjustments, but we're seeing that stuff unfold now and we're seeing it impact the team in a positive way. So like, it makes all the sense in the world to lean into that stuff. I still don't know if they trust those guys enough, but even if it's even if it's a matter of like they don't trust Rasheed Rice just yet, you got a large enough sample size of Isaiah Pacheco. You should trust that dude to be one of your main contributors week after week moving forward. But right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay is centered around the Kansas City Chiefs heading to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. We will have that up for you Sunday afternoon on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. Uh, Chiefs have the ball. We do this uh, each week when they have the ball. I, you know, it's sort of in that last soliloquy that you just gave us, um, you said, hey, what a hey you know you got some guys out there and hey Patrick Mahomes go play like a god when the Chiefs have the ball Sunday I would like to see I'd like to see a game of Patrick Mahomes in what you just spoke of playing like a god I'd like to see Patrick Mahomes have a ball game this year in which he's playing like the like MVP is playing this year Okay. At least over the last no, four no, games. No, 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 nope, not like Dak. I want him to play like the dude that we know. Like we would, we used to get seven, seven, eight ball games a year from Mahomes of just vintage. Damn, can't nobody else do that. Damn, that's why he's the best. My God, last year the Bucks game, there was one. He, you know, he had just a crazy game. Both the charge, at least the the, the road Chargers game where he sealed up the MVP, and he had a game like, damn. All right, I mean, his injury, the the heroic efforts he made uh, in the second half of the Super Bowl and against the Bengals, and and I'm sure there are many. The Cardinals game to kick things off last year. There are several games. The Raider game last year. I mean, there are games. The Jaguars game last year. Yes, yes. Like, he would, where it's just like, just throw your hands up. You're like, damn, man, that dude's just different. I think we've only seen that one time this year against the Chargers. I think that's the only time we've seen it, and it is week 13. I just, to me, it's Sunday night football. You're in historic Lambeau Field, the first time he will have ever played at Lambeau. And you got the crew there. You're the standalone game. This is Sunday night's the big game of the weekend. 
I want to see vintage Mahomes. I want to see multiple good God. Like I want to see when Mahomes is doing the call for stuff. Not not that that has occurred because he him and a receiver has has had a misunderstanding on a route for the fifth time of the night, uh, or, or something like that. I like I want to see dude in a rhythm, dude making plays, him running off the field like he was last year, talking about I'm 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 that good or whatever it is that he says. I'm like that, whatever it is. All right, I want to see his dad who's who has smoked a lot of newports and whatever else that he enjoys be excited about his son and yelling about his son being the best ever. I just I want to see that and we have not seen and it's not all not all on him right some of these guys clearly lead the league in drops that have that have hurt things and there have been some mis miscommunication on routes damn that man it's week 13 I just want to see another just vintage Mahomes performance because we have been we have been cheated NFL fans, football fans have been cheated not seeing the real Patrick Mahomes. I just, I hope the world gets to see it Sunday. The other thing about this Packers defense, man, they just have not gone up against big time quarterbacks so far this year. Here's the list of quarterbacks that they have seen Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter, Jameis Winston, slash Derek Carr. They split that game due to an injury. They've played Jared Goff twice, and Goff is a, a really solid quarterback, but he's not spectacular. Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, Brett Rippon, Kenny Pickett, Herbert. Herbert was okay against them. Kirk Cousins and Cousins had a really good game against them. And that's it. They haven't played like the tier one, level one quarterbacks in the league. And Mahomes is certainly, despite having a bad season or a down season relative to his own expectations, um, he's still a part of that class and still, in my opinion, leads that class. So going into this one, I... I would expect him to have a pretty good game. Now, it's up to his receivers to be able to make good on what they're going to be able to do against that defense, but this is not a special Green Bay Packers defense. They're mediocre in basically every area. They're better against the pass than they are against the run, but a lot of that, I think, has to do with the competition level that they've gone up against so far this year when you look at the numbers. So I would anticipate that this should be a good Patrick Mahomes game, but Again, I'll go back to what we've been talking about all year. I think a lot of that is determined by whether or not the receivers catch the football. Yeah, and I, I think some of their defensive numbers have, are, you know, they they run some kind of like interesting, like exotic looks compared to like other defenses in the NFL. And and like BK said, it's just been so teams have found so much success running against them that I don't think they test them so much and they tend to play deep a lot because their idea is just don't give up big plays down the field. Um, But, you know, Jair Alexander may be available in this game. He's been really banged up. He's their best cornerback. Devondre Campbell, their best linebacker has been really banged up. Rashawn Gary's uh, a stud, but like overall, they're a really, really young football team. And this to me streams like that kind of matchup where, yeah, you should get, the vintage Patrick Mahomes game and Mahomes talked about it this week. Like he's never actually played at Lambeau field before. So I think this is like a a big deal to him. Like I'm on the Sunday night stage uh, at Lambeau field for the first time in my NFL career going against Jordan love in this defense. Like I I think that stuff matters to Mahomes, And I think you are going to get a good version of him on Sunday night. And specifically because this Packers team, even though they've been playing better, like, they're really young and they still make tons of mistakes week after week. And I think that's something that if you're a Super Bowl caliber caliber team, that's something that you take advantage of. 
Yeah, and and I know it's it, like we said. There's been drops, and as you said, if they can catch the ball, that's a piece of it, uh, and a va- and a valid piece. But whoever's fault it is, all right. I don't know who is it is who who it is. There's just too many times that this that this group they miss out on chunk plays or big plays, not just because they drop the ball, but because they just flat out are. Not on the same page, not reading things the same way, not looking at one one thing's going to settle in the zone, one's not, one's going to run a post, runs running a uh, you know a go route. They just they, they whatever it is, they've got to get on the same page. We've seen it the Charger game. We've seen him um, you know make plays in the pocket and in that game make plays off script as we saw the long touchdown to MVS in that game. We we've seen things. I just I just want to see one of those games where, like like Patrick Mahomes has been in the MVP race all season. It is just it's hard to watch these games and see kind of see his performance and 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 then understand what we've seen him before as the MVP and match those up with that. And I think there's a chance down the stretch he could really you know, turn into that guy again. And I want to see that start. I just want to see it. I feel like we've been cheated. What's the, what's the other thing for you, BK? That's what I was going to get at. So that's, that's my other, my big question about this game though. Like I think there's a chance that we see some big plays from Mahomes, but I think there's also a chance that we just see them do what Serta was talking about, which is man, everybody runs against this defense. And I mean, everybody, like if you have a capable running game, you're probably going for 140 yards on the ground. They've allowed at least 140 yards on the ground each of their past three games. They've allowed 140 or more in six of their last 10, and the only teams that failed to do so in that stretch were the Saints, who did not have Kamara in that game, the Raiders, who are the Raiders, the Vikings, and then the Rams, who did not have Stafford or Kyron Williams in that game. So basically, if you have a healthy running back slash quarterback and you're not the Vikings – you're running for 140 yards against this Packers defense. That's just been the case for basically the entirety of the season. I would anticipate the Chiefs going into this game, and while it's not typically their MO, saying, hey, we've had some success on the ground in recent weeks. We've had some issues with our passing game, especially with some of the turnovers, Ron. I think we're going to put it on the ground, and we're going to try to do against Green Bay what we did against Philly for the majority of that game and they're going to focus on their running game. So I think this could be a really big Isaiah Pacheco game once again against Green Bay. Yeah. Go ahead, Serta. I was just going to say, like, I'd really like to see, too, like we're we're talking about the Chiefs making adjustments and, like, leaning into what's working for them right now. Like, I would really like to see Andy Reid do some of that because it's been for so long, it's just been, well, you can't stop us anyways. We'll score however we want to score. And it's like, yeah, but like when the offense isn't working, leaning into the things that you can directly exploit based on your matchup circumstance, like it tends to be a pretty successful blueprint for most teams in the NFL. And that's exactly what it is this week. It's give Pacheco a lot of carries, win it on the ground, don't turn the football over, and you should be fine on Sunday night football. Yeah, it, it's an interesting way to look at it. Because I'm with you. I'm I'm good with a hey Pacheco, heavy dose of Pacheco and Kelsey and and a little rice like that. Like I'm I'm good with that to be the offense. Just right now, it is it is a, a wonder though 
and I don't, you know what? I don't even have to say this. I don't have to worry about that. I just, I, I was going to say, you know, I don't know if you want it overkill. Like, you know, Pacheco to have 25 carries out of this thing, but there's no chance in hell Andy will ever do that. I, I mean, he's not going to take the ball out of, out of out of Mahomes' hands. I still want, you know, I, I think they should run the ball like the eight carries against the Denver Broncos after they were just pathetic, was just silly to me in cold weather like that with Mahomes sick. But a, a good, healthy balance, still making sure the ball's in your best player's hands and your second best player. Uh, which is Kelsey, his chance to get the ball. So I don't think you have to worry about overkill with Andy, but if Pacheco had like 17 carries on Sunday night, I'd be like, yes, that's what you need. I think he should get, I think he should get 17 to 23 touches a game, somewhere in that range. And to me, you know, like he had 20, he had 20 touches in the game against the Raiders. And they just did a lot of extension of the run game with the pass game with him, including screens and things like that that slowed slowed down that pass rush too. Uh, and 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 those were just little runs, which you know I I I think is is big. But they got to get the ball in those those guys' hands. The only game recently, Ron, that he's been below seventeen touches in was the Broncos game. That that was really it. Everything else, at least seventeen opportunities, because he had a target against the Dolphins with sixteen carries. He didn't catch it, so he ended up with sixteen touches in the game. But the Broncos game, he had eleven touches, and it's just it remains baffling how that happened in that one. Because every other game, they've done a really good job of keeping Isaiah Pacheco involved. And recently, they're feeding him the ball on the ground, especially 16 carries against Miami, 19 against uh, Philly, and 15 last week against the Raiders. You, that's what they should continue doing. 15-plus carries, get him involved in the passing game. I, I totally agree with Serta. They they should be getting him three, t- three targets a week at a minimum. Just get him involved in some capacity in space by getting him, whether it's the swing passes – I like getting him involved a little bit further down the field. We finally have started seeing that a little bit recently. Um, But even if you're not doing that, swing passes, screens, get him the ball in space because that's really where he's at his best. Yeah, Nagy's over there in that Denver game. Like, nah, man, nothing looks off here. Uh, And Denver's Denver's run defense still one of the absolute worst in the NFL. (laughs) They didn't even try in that game. Didn't even make an attempt. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, when the Packers have the ball, um, 
I think we've seen this a lot of times this year. I think, again, this feels like a big Spags game. I think the the Chiefs' defense, as good as they are and as good as I believe they are, could have a chance to smother this team and to give them really, 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 really big problems. But I think it starts with, with Spags and his different exotic ways to get pressure on Jordan Love because he's just a different guy. I, I watched him the last couple of weeks uh, and wins against the Chargers and Lions, which I, I don't. I, I think people are probably surprised that they won those games and got back in the playoff race. He just looked extremely comfortable, and when he gets comfortable, like he can, he can sling it. He can throw the ball. He can make some plays, and he made plays against the Lions and the Chargers. We didn't have any pressure, but he didn't get sacked one time against the Lions last week, and just seemed comfortable. And I, I think it'll be really, really big on Spags and obviously the defensive line, but Spags to find his different ways he gets pressure, whether that is sending linebackers, what he's doing with McDuffie, what he does with uh, with Snead at times, his way of getting pressure and making him uncomfortable, I think is a major key to this game defensively for the Chiefs. Jordan Love's an interesting quarterback because I think a lot of fans kind of – view him as just being like the average quarterback, right? Derek Carr, Jimmy G, like all those guys that are kind of in the middle of the league. But he's like a trick shot artist. Like he's always looking for the big play and it ends up coming back to bite him a decent amount. But recently he's been hitting on them. Not the last two weeks. Exactly. And when he hits on him, it's like, hot damn, man. I, I kind of understand why the Packers are interested in seeing what this guy is capable of. Because when he hits it, it looks really good and it's fun down the field and Christian Watson's getting involved and they're getting some of their young playmakers, the ball in space. It's like, okay, this could work. But when he's pressured, whoo boy, he continues looking for those big plays. He'll hold on the ball way too long and it gets him in trouble, whether it's via throwing interceptions or fumbling the football, getting sacked, just making negative plays when he is under pressure he is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league so far this year and Ron I'm not sure there's a defensive coordinator in the NFL that I trust more to put a young quarterback under duress than Steve Spagnuolo like it's if you want somebody to confuse a young quarterback it's Bill Belichick and Steve Spagnuolo as the tier one guys and then it's everybody else whoever you want to throw into the mix so I feel pretty good about what Spags is going to have dialed up for this. I also think the Chiefs defensive line has done a really good job lately with their full allotment of players available to them. So I think they're going to get after Jordan Love, and I think it could be a really long day for him. Yeah, I think Love has been better, and his accuracy has gotten (laughs) a little bit better as the season's gone on. Thank you for blowing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought I was was on mute. Jesus, man. Good hell, man. Oh, man. man. That's how it feels about Jordan Love's improved play over the last couple of weeks. Blow me, I clicked, man. and I just didn't get the mute. <laughs> hey, he did it. I looked at the screen. I was like, he had to have believed he was on mute. <laughs> he did that. I've never done yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah, I've Jordan, never yeah. once That's done that before. Yeah, sort of, yeah, your Jordan Love thing. <laughs> So, oh, man. that's good. That's rich. That's rich. Love, love has been playing better, but it, it's worth taking into consideration, too, that 
Yeah, the Detroit Lions, who defense started the year strong, and it is banged up right now to their credit, but the Lions have kind of unraveled a little bit on defense here over the last like five games or so where they're giving up passing yards like crazy. They're kind of getting torched by like every quarterback that they're playing. Like every quarterback they play right now seems to like have like one of their best games of the season against that Lions defense. And they're putting pressure on Jared Goff too. And Goff hasn't been playing great. So like, I I think that Lions game, it's a divisional matchup and and it isn't something you should write off, but they cannot pressure the quarterback. Like Aiden Hutchinson's a really good player, but he's the only guy that they have up front that can really get after the quarterback. And he that's not to say that like this chief's defensive line is a whole different monster. And the Packers offensive line has really struggled this season. They've been I I was talking to Justice Mosqueda earlier this week uh, from Acme Packing Co. And he was saying that they swap tackles like mid game because they're testing things out and they still don't have confidence in them. So they like rotate their tackles throughout the game and they've been doing it for weeks, apparently like. Like that's an offensive line that Spags is just watching film on, and he's like, "Oh man, like, oh, I'm gonna put Chris Chris on the edge, and he's gonna destroy you, and there's nothing you can do about it." Like, this is a total Spags game where the Packers are feeling good about themselves, coming off the big win over the Lions, Sunday Night Football primetime game, and Spags is just gonna dial it up the same time, the same way he did last time he saw Jordan Love. He's just going to blitz the hell out of him and he's going to send everybody after him and it's going to be a recipe for success. And that, but that's the important part. I, I think that's why, as we kicked this off, when they had the ball, the Packers, it's a Spags game because, listen, I fully expect Jordan Love is amped for this. Like, Jordan Love is going to be on Sunday night football facing Patrick Mahomes uh, for the world at home. He's going to be juiced for this. Um, but I, I think you just, as we said, he's got to get confusion. It's got to be a combination of, you know, Chris Jones and company up there just winning one-on-one battles and then him just creating havoc with pressures. Because, like, there's been a lot of moments in a lot of these games. There's been games where Jordan Love has stunk for long stretches, but out of nowhere he'll have moments where he makes these big plays. Because as BK said, he's not afraid to take them. He'll he's gonna take them. And I mean, in the last two weeks, I mean, they've got over eight plays of twenty plus yards against the Chargers and the Lions. He will take them, and he's gonna be he he's gonna be juiced and ready for it. So I, I think that's the other part is is you know the Christian Watsons of the world read like you can't let those guys you know make big plays because they can. They are fully capable of doing that, uh, and and they've done it. Watson did it in the last game. Reed did it as well. And, and Reed, I, I I don't know if he's gonna be available for this one. He has not practiced so far this week, and that's a big deal for their offense because he has become their go-to guy. Like they're getting him involved in both the running and the passing game. He's become both a gadget player, but also their number one go-to wide receiver. It's a really unique role that he's starting to fill within their offense. And if he's not able to go, it's a big blow for what they're trying to do. Christian Watson, though, last week had a breakout game. He has been terrible for most of the season. They have not found any connection between he and Jordan Love. And finally, much like the Chiefs offense, us saying, okay, Maybe that's the game that can get it going for Rasheed Rice. Packers fans are saying the same thing right now about Christian Watson because he was really good last year 
in his opportunities, and he was a big-time downfield threat for him, just hasn't been the same way so far this season until last week against the Lions. That's got to be the number one idea for the Chiefs defense is go into this game and you got to do two things. One, get pressure on Jordan Love. And two, make sure you avoid the big play going the other way with Christian Watson. If you can do those two things, because it's probably going to be A.J. Dillon, who's been mostly pretty bad this year. Uh, Aaron Jones is hurt. It doesn't seem like he's going to be able to play. If you do those two things, you get pressure, you avoid the big play with Christian Watson. I I think it's going to be really hard for the Packers to do anything consistently offensively. And that's where if Jaden Reed's not available, I think that winds up being really huge because he has been playing really well. He has become more consistent than their other wide receivers have on a weekly basis. But they've also been doing a lot of like sweeps and a lot of like unique plays to get him the ball and design plays for him to create plays because they can't run the football like A.J. Dillon has been bad this season and Aaron Jones hasn't been healthy all year. Maybe Patrick Taylor is going to be involved. James Robinson could get called up from the practice squad. Like they cannot run the ball. And so they're going to have to throw. And you know, the Chiefs have been a little bit more susceptible to the run, obviously, after Josh Jacobs had a huge game against them last week. But that's just somewhere where the Packers aren't going to be able to attack them. And so it's going to be about the passing game. And it's going to be about putting pressure on Jordan Love. Like that, that's what the entire defensive game plan is going to be about for the Chiefs. All right, sir, to give me my music here, the uh, the game that is obviously sweeping the nation. I hear so many people as I walk the streets uh, of Houston tell me about this game, certified or imposter. That's right. Certified. Sneeze on that, BK. <laughs> certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. This, this is the one. I want you to think this one through. The Chiefs' offensive line is the biggest weakness for the Chiefs. The Chiefs' offensive line is the biggest weakness for the Chiefs. Certified or imposter, Serta? I'm going to say imposter. Um, I still think it's the wide receiver. You, you thought about it. It's No, I mean, because there's been red flags recently. Like, let, let's be real. I, I know Jawan Taylor has caught a lot of heat all season because of the penalties and stuff, but, like, for the most part, he's been a, a perfectly serviceable right tackle that you paid a decent amount of money to in the offseason. But, but like Donovan Smith has been, yeah, I mean, you didn't pay him like, you know, you didn't pay him like he was like a, a truly elite offensive lineman. Like he he got paid, uh, he got paid to be a high end right tackle. And I think that's kind of what he, he is. Like he he's a serviceable penalties. He's a serviceable right tackle. You would like to get the penalties cleaned up. Yes, Absolutely. But just in actual like pass blocking situations, he's been decent this season with some struggles here and there. Donovan Smith has been an issue and continues to be an issue. And I was really confident, like, you know, maybe Donovan Smith at this age still has something left in the tank. The Chiefs will get the most out of him because that room is is good and talented and the coaching staff will will find a way to, you know, make him have a, a bounce back year at this stage of his career. But it just kind of seems like he's he's winding things down. Like it, it's just coming to the end of the line for Donovan Smith, and he just doesn't look like a very good player anymore. So that's an issue. Joe Tooney's been struggling, yeah. but like I'm still confident that Tooney it, it still has enough left in him to turn it around because we've seen Tooney play like an all pro guard before, and Trey Smith and Creed have been fine. Like I still think that the Chiefs offensive line comparative to other teams that are going to be in the playoffs and how bad offensive line play is across the league. Like, I still think there's enough talent there that there's no way it's the worst 
thing about the Chiefs. I think the thing that we have become accustomed to with the Chiefs is they've been, they've been elite at something. Like in the past couple of seasons, they've been a pretty elite run blocking offensive line. Now they haven't always been an elite run block or running team, but their offensive line was able to pave the way for them for them to become that if they were willing to commit to it. They don't do anything at an elite level this year because Donovan Smith is not a very good run blocker or pass blocker. Um, the guy that you laid tackle. Yep. And Juwan Taylor is a very good pass blocker for the most part, but has been pretty terrible as a run blocker on the season. And then you've had inconsistencies so far this year from Joe Tooney in both of those areas, especially in the running game. It just doesn't allow you to really get anything going on either side of things. So I do. I think this is an imposter because I think their biggest issue is still the wide receivers. But I think one of the reasons why it feels this way, why maybe it feels worse than it actually is, is because the Chiefs have had elite areas to the offensive line over the past couple of years. And so the drop off from what they were, especially as a run blocking unit to what they are now is super disappointing. And I think we all also got our hopes up that, hey, when you put this much investment into this group, whether it's paying Joe Tooney, drafting the other two guys on the interior, or going out and spending money this offseason on your tackles, you expect better results. And it just hasn't been there so far this year. So I'm saying imposter, but only because there's one area on the offense that I think is really killing them. And I I think that is still the wide receiver core. I'm going to say certified. And my reasoning is, like, I can... This is my thing. I, I think there's an argument. I just think it is so it's been a bit more noticeable. And I think it's been talked about a lot more because it's been connected to Mahomes more visually. I think there's an argument that the offensive line has been just as bad as the receivers to everything you've named. Like, I mean, Serta just said everything I've ever known my whole life is that left tackle is the most important position on the offensive line and one of the most top five important positions and you have a gentleman there who cannot who probably run and pass blocks at a below average level at left tackle the most important spot on the team here is my biggest reason why is i can clean my glasses up a little bit i need to real quick i can clean my glasses up and look and see I think the receiver thing can get better. Like I can clearly see. Do you think it, you think MVS has got more to bring to the team? It, no, I, he's not. Well, he's not the only receiver, is he? <laughs> is he? Like we watched, we watched the game Sunday, and you could see Rasheed Rice get better. I think Kadarius Tony has played better in the last couple of weeks in his role. If he would get, you know, opportunities, you can see it improving. Hey, Doc, I got a hard time seeing the Chiefs offensive line taking a step outside of Joe Tooney starting to play like himself, right? Like, like to me, I, I think I think those tackles, that's where we got. And you got to work through that. And that's a that's a problem. And, 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 and those like that, that's a like that is an issue. There's no like I don't see them get better. Rasheed Rice could take off and be better than than Juju Smith Schuster was last year. And it wouldn't it wouldn't shock any of us. Kadarius Tony, I, I think Kadarius Tony is at least capable of having a game where he's like, whoa, the Kadarius Tony game, or something like that. Now, I'm not speaking of MV, MVS, right, or Sky, but you can see those cats getting like improvements. 
I'm having a hard time seeing this offensive line being be getting better than it's, where they are. I, I do wonder if like and you know it's it we're midway to late in the NFL season, so like guys are always gonna get banged up, especially the older players, but like Joe Tooney, like he started the season strong, but he has really struggled recently. So like I wonder if there isn't something that's not necessarily like an injury report thing that he's just like playing through right now that maybe he could get better at. Um, you know, Wanye Morris did look good last week and a very limited sample size for the chiefs, but that's not really where you want to go. <laughs> in the playoffs with uh, a rookie mid round pick as your left tackle. No, it's not. No, it's, it's absolutely not. So I, I don't know. That's, that's I'm here for more Wanya opportunities, by the way, I'm here for it at this point. They won't do it, but I'd I'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah, I bet that 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 just for me, it's just like, whoo, good God, man! I I think I can see in five weeks the Chiefs' receivers have taken a step. I can't see the offensive line taking one, and that 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 is to me uh, uh, really concerning. All right, prediction wise, I, I'll jump off on this thing first. Um, uh, yes, we talked about the Chiefs offense. Uh, we saw some signs of life, and I hope uh, that is a trend. I'm not ready to start banking on it when I'm telling you what I think the score is going to be. I do think they take care of business handily. I'm going to go 24 to 10 in this game. I think the Chiefs beat uh, the Packers. It'll be a cold night. Uh, it's supposed to be 36 is the highs that I've, I've last seen in Green Bay, and that's during the day. I'm guessing that night mm. is going to drop uh, in Lambeau. I'll go 24 to 10, Chiefs. I'll go next, uh, Serta. Curious your thoughts on this one as well. I, I think pretty similar, Ron. I think it ends up being like a similar game to what we've seen from the Chiefs all year where it's not really in question, but it ends up kind of being closer on the scoreboard than it feels. I think the Chiefs end up winning this one 23 to 16. They cover, but it is tight and uh, it feels like they're at arm's length distance, basically the entire game. Chiefs win, win by a touchdown and you feel decent about it going into next week. Yeah, I feel pretty confident after last week's performance from the defense early in the game against the Raiders that on a national stage, they're going to come out swinging on Sunday night football. And I just don't buy that the Packers are going to be able to really score against this Chiefs defense. But uh, on on that note, like I also am not willing to buy that the Chiefs can put up 30 plus points. <laughs> like I, I'm not I'm not quite there. I know nope. they did it last week against the Raiders, but I am not picking that to be a, a final score in anything. But I still think they win it pretty comfortably. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs. 24 to 13. Um, and, and I think that that score is probably closer than the game actually feels when you're watching it. All right. Uh, let's see if they can uh, get a, get a big one. Hey, sir, congratulations. You got one God awful Monday night football game flexed out. Uh, and I know that post game show, God, listen, I love Mahomes, I love Kelsey and, and everything that comes with this crew. Nobody needed to sit through. That Monday noon kick, noon kickoff number three. Let's go. Week Ooh, 15. No, nobody needed to sit through that. None. Woo. So they'll play the Patriots. They'll wax their asses at noon uh, <laughs> instead of uh instead of sending through Monday night. Because Troy and Troy and Jim, Troy and Jim, Troy and and uh and Buck were gonna go ahead and just maybe call it off. 
I mean, it, I mean, you just it, it, you forget his name's Joe. That's about to say I'm about to call him Jack. His dad. <laughs> <laughs> we got to Jim. I figured Jack was coming next. Uh, We've been yeah, trying to Joe. Yeah, there's a winner and a winner. I love. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. And the Cardinals win the game by the score. All right, I'm sorry. We've lost third at this point. <laughs> we are out.